The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 313 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the little sleepy Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing, Bubba? What is happening? You uh, not only sounded like you vomited out the name of our episode, but you physically <laughs> looked like it, too. Uh, yeah. 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 It, yeah. It, it's it, it's just some of the days you got to vomit out the name of the podcast. Yeah. I, I can't help but vomit when I look at some of the injury news that's been coming out the past it's couple of days fast. it's pretty, it's pretty bad, bad. Yeah. i mean there are so many things well what are you doing with chris sale what are you doing with jack flaherty not what touching him not touching guys? him either of them yeah no i mean it's gonna be interesting to see like where we play chicken in drafts i haven't decided yet when i'm honestly i think the thing i'm looking forward to the least about the start of the season is so like right now i have jacob Degrom at seven right mm-hmm and that's with the understanding that, yes, he's pitching opening day, but we all think there's an inevitability that he's not going to uh, sure. stay healthy. But, like, let's say it's September 20th and DeGrama hasn't gotten the IL yet. Surely he's first on the list, right? Yeah. So how do I move him between April 1st and September 20th? How, like, at what point do I start saying, okay, DeGrama is now number six instead of seven? You know, and it's it's going to drive me crazy. And I forgot about it. And I realized it earlier this week and it's haunting me fast. I don't know what to do. That's kind of why I mean, I'm thinking about the same thing. I'm doing my rankings right now. and just thinking, like, should I just put Degrom one? Like, no. If, why? I mean, there's are you there's gonna, are you drafting? Risk? Are you drafting him first of all starters? First of all, start I, at this moment. I think I would think harder about it than I ever had before. Yeah. So that's a no. He didn't say yes. Yeah, I guess I would still take Cole over him. Okay, so you put Cole ahead of him. But um, but I don't know. I just guys. Don't know. Okay, you got to understand something really quickly. Um, you have to fast. It has been given the task to to rank his top one hundred starters. Hate it. He hates it so much. I he it. he sent me like an essay explaining about well, how he wanted to get delay after delay after delay. Well, here's, here's the thing on his okay, rankings. So, okay. 
and we're never going to get them. What's going to happen is he's going to delay it so close to the start of the season, and then he's going to have a child. And oh, oh no, I'm so sorry, Sydney Ponson Jr. over here. I got to go in and tend to Sydney, and I can't do the rankings. And okay. you know, I, I think what we need from everybody on Twitter is to just yell at fast, to just put him out and be like, fast, I will not judge you for them being wrong because I'm going to be wrong. I already am wrong. Okay. I know. Okay. Just, so but just let, me, put them out. let me put them let, out. Give me a chance to defend. Give them. us okay. the rankings. I've done I've done about 40 of them so far. Here's my problem. <laughs> Take I, three I, months. I keep a I keep a sheet that's a document that's every picture that I break down and all the notes that I do on them. Okay. Right now I've done 40 pictures oh and it's God. over. How 12, intense 000. are these notes? 12,000? 12,000 words on 40. Oh, well, pictures. that's that that's that's the length of my write-ups. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I've only done 40 pictures. I've got but you're not even writing. But the thing is, you're not even doing write-ups. You're just doing a table and then some notes. No, yeah, it's a lot of notes. And, but you know me because <laughs> I type like I, I Wait, type like you, I write. Can you actually put out the notes then too? Maybe. I'd have to double check that they're like, yeah, I think they're all pretty appropriate. And then, so what I do is I do a bunch of notes and then uh-huh. I do a TLDR. Like I do a quick TLDR on the pitcher. Okay. But here's the problem. And this is, we can do it with a particular pitcher today. Frankie Montas. I'm like, okay, Alex, you're going to do this one quickly. You're going to do it quickly. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, well, what about his Babbitt? Okay. What about his fly ball? What about his ground ball? All right. Let's go to, let's go to his Brooks baseball page. Right. Why would you go to Brooks? I got you. You you got. Go to the pitcherless player page. What do you, what what do they have? Uh, we have a vertical and horizontal movement on a month by month basis. We have that. Great. I'll start going to. Is it visualized? Uh, it's inside the game log. Just go by pitch and you'll see movement. Okay, great. But then you notice that Frankie Montas, uh, his. So I noticed that he, he's getting less drop on his slider than ever before. Six inches less drop uh-huh. on his slider than ever before. Then I was like, okay, well, that probably has to do with his release point. So then I go check at his release point, and I'm like, oh, the release point in 2021 is actually very different than it was in 2019 and what it was in 2020. And then I'm like, okay, well, then what happened in the past? And then I find that the release point is actually similar, similar to what it was in 2018 and 2017. And then I realize that every time his release point is like that, the WOBA is over 300 and every time the the release point is below that it's like 120 and there's three seasons of evidence for both sides and then i take to twitter on it and someone's like well it actually turns out that maybe he's throwing a slutter or a cutter and i'm like well what does that mean for the splitter what does that mean for the fastball so nick this is what i'm saying it drives me insane i cannot do it i cannot just look at someone i know i know know that's it we're gonna get i just can't It drives me up a wall. It so you want to know something? Insane. I'm gonna I'm gonna make your life simple. Okay, um, please. All of that, a lot of that stuff that you talk. About, let's say like oh, it was release point or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to know that because. What, you <laughs> <laughs> what a sound! Me. What a sound! Yeah, yeah. I think my dog just ran away. Uh, <laughs> what, what, the what reason do you, you don't need to know that is because whatever impact it had is in the other numbers. Like if you're seeing the swinging swinging strike rate went up or something or increases velocity or something like that. At the end of the day, that's what matters. I mean, yes, I love the nuance and understanding truly what actually changed for him to get there. When it comes to understanding like the future or something like that, like, Oh, okay. He, He generally those skills are more tangible year to year. So if he changes release point on a slider 
and it became a you know it's a consistent thing that year. Mm-hmm. Then like, and he has a higher swing strike rate. Then great. But he there didn't. it is. Well, but here's the thing though. Like, okay, so how do you answer this question? Yeah. How do you figure out who is going to get better? Like, let's keep it high level. You how don't. Do I, how do you? But how do you? You try to. You try and think who's going to perform there. You're talking about how do you wait the ifs? You're, I actually just I just got off the podcast with the great guys at Duckout Study Hall. Uh, you're going to get three podcasts of me on this network within 24 hours. Okay. I. Uh, but it, a good question is like they asked was uh, how do we wait ifs? Like what is is Frankie Montes going to th- get a better slider this year? And then all of a sudden he breaks out or something like that, right? Um, and that's a really hard question to, to answer. I think you have to look internally for your own quick analysis to be able to make those decisions by just grasping him. And if we're going to talk about Frank Montes, Frankie Montes, I don't think he's going to actually drastically change too much. I think okay. you're going to see more volatility again and of him having a feel for a slider and a splitter or not. You have a sinker and his four seamer that are generally the same pitches all the time. They're not exceptional as far as preventing hard contact, but they get a lot of strikes and they give him opportunities to go deeper into games constantly. Um, and then he has a splitter when it does show up, uh, gets a ton of whiffs. You're going to see times when he doesn't have the feel for the splitter. The slider is not an exceptional pitch, but it helps get strikes. But it's it's nice when it's there. But if he doesn't have the splitter, then it doesn't really matter so much. Um, so, I mean, you're going to see a lot of the same, likely, from Frankie Montes. But here, okay, over but a full here's year. Where I, here's where I push back. Are, are, are you making assumptions that might not be true? Because, the, like, how do we quantify course, that he's... Oh, well, no, 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 no. We can't. We can't make a true assessment. That's impossible. But we also do. can't say that it, it, that he's inconsistent with certain things. The splitter was incredibly consistent throughout the entire year. And then, well... It, if we're no, it wasn't in, in 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 April. Um, much lower CSW rates, uh, and that mm-hmm. messed them up as far as performance wise. I believe it was the middle of May, if I remember correctly, that he started actually getting into a groove with it, and then it went on, and it was so, much better you, so throughout. You're that. using you're using CSW to determine that. Uh, yes, I think from the top of my head, I'm I do not have Montes's page in front of me, but as but far as like I, the talking I, point I have on Montes through the preseason has been that i think what and i'm not trying to put you on the spot i'm just saying no, I'm giving you my means. perspective of like when i i'm trying to take any preconceived notions that i have and then dig in to see if they are correct or like jack flaherty is a perfect example of that right because i'm always like jack flaherty's infield defense jack flaherty's infield defense he had a terrible not terrible he had a not good infield defense behind him last year he had a negative two outs above average right his defense did not benefit him last year Right. Wait, 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 wait. Hmm. Are you talking about that? Like when Flaherty pitched, what the infield defense did for him? Exactly. Yeah. If anything, that would that would say to me, like, dudes, you got super unlucky then. One hundred percent. That could be it. That could. Right. It could. You know, it could theoretically go either way, right? Because you look at what he did in twenty nineteen, which was his breakout season. You can't, you can't spend this so much time. Exactly, but I know, but it's my Nick. It's my disease. Do you understand me? Do you understand me, Nick? It's my disease. It's my disease. I can't stop. I, I literally, Nick. I, (laughs) I sat down last night because work has been crazy. So I come home from ten to one a.m. I sit at my computer and I'm like, I'm gonna get five pictures done. I am, and then I get two because I can't stop. It's a problem. It's so bad. Well, uh, you got to anyway. okay, you got to internalize for yourself more about like the tenants that you hold on to. 
Um, and like what, you know, what weights are strongest? Cause you never, I remember this. I remember this from last year. Um, Chamberlain put out a fantastic tweet being like, we have so many stats now. It's impossible for us to choose which ones to, you know, which ones to lean on. And that's completely right. You know, you can just get completely lost in the the sea uh, of data. And you've done this for years with me. That we started this on the corner podcast in 2016. You were a starry-eyed hot dog flipper. Is that a thing? <laughs> no, just leave it. In. Just leave it. In. You were you were a starry-eyed hot dog. Okay, flipper. And I uh, and and I remember like you know you knew more than you were letting on. And over the years, you've become a phenomenal analyst. Uh, and it's it's you gotta you gotta just kind of lean on your like your instincts at this point. Because it is March sixteenth fast, you can't, you can't, you know. It, with art, is never completed. It's just walked away from. Okay, all right. Yeah, you just got to get try. the thing out. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying. I am glad that people got to hear this conversation because I think it is a good insight to how I think. I just think it's a beneficial insight. Hopefully, that was beneficial to you. We're never to perfect. You. We're never gonna know everything about these guys. I learn things I all the time. That. It's why I tweak mine. I have mine that came out on the eighth. I've already disagreed with, with a decent amount of them. And I, hey, by the way, everybody listening, if you want to know, Nick, what changes did you make to your top 100? Well, I did a near 30-minute podcast on Tuesday for the Plus Pitch podcast that is for PL Plus members only. So go and listen to that if you want to hear the detailed stuff. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait until uh, I think it's March 28th for my next uh, 100 update. You All right? You want to know it's so funny and then we'll move on? Please. I have. I think I have Shane Bieber eight spots below where you have Shane Bieber. Eight? Like <laughs> yeah. 19? Like uh, I think right now he's 19. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't you the one that is like <laughs> yelling at me about all the things about why I'm wrong with Shane Bieber it's and he should be like done. eight? It's not done. Well, I I haven't updated yet. I gotta. How I gotta is he drop at 19? Chris, I gotta drop Chris Sale down a little bit. More. Are you that worried about the whip from last year and the fastball command? No, I think what I was doing was like originally I think he was like eleven and I was like, I'm not waiting in the injury risk enough. I'm not waiting in the injury risk oh, enough. Just, and then kept and pulling th- it too far down. And then I yeah, I've just pulled it yeah. too far down. It's not ready. I, I there's a few people I'm gonna you pull have it the, up on. Like you have the benefit because you're putting this out in a week. And uh yes, now it's uh, now it's in stone fast. Um and <laughs> you'll probably know about Shane Bieber and how he's yeah, feeling and true. doing by then. That's a good point. That is a good point. I will say I think I'm I'm more into Montas than I thought, less into Gaussman than I thought, more into a, a, a I'm dropping Gaussman back. too. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. win the Lynn versus Gaussman debate from the oh, first good. one of these. You won. I'm sticking I'm start I'm trying my best to stick to my guns with Lynn because I really do think we're we're dropping him a little bit too low. I, think I got him in both labor consistent. and in TGFBI. So I'm in. Yeah, I think that's nice. I, I also really I, I don't know. Nola Nola's a really interesting case too. But anyway, all right. Uh, I hope you guys this is eighty one to hundred, baby. I know. We're, we're doing, doing all of it. Through 100 and I was we're, like, we're we have enough time for this and we're sixteen. No, oh, no, I'm sorry, it's fourteen minutes in. There are oh, select people that Nick promised me that I could keep him to th- at first sentence. it was two sentences and now Freddie Freeman has okay, just it uh, oh he's in serious talks man I have these notifications uh, I Ken already Rosenthal told you agents. that that was gonna happen I know but then I see a notification of Ken Rosenthal saying free agent 
Freddie Freeman and Dodgers, but serious talks. Sorry, guys. He's, Hi, gonna, I was he's really gonna sign. He's gonna sign with the Dodgers. I know. I've I've, I've, I've kind very, of accepted that for a couple. The of fact weeks. that I am I uh okay. So Bob Nightingale, literally a second. Freddie Freeman indeed is getting very close to signing with the Dodgers as John. Yeah, Rose but that's, reported. that's, that's nothing. He's, he's that's probably going to be a Dodger by the end. of <laughs> That's the a non-tweet. Nightingale had the tweet of tweets today about Freddie Freeman. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> that is the funniest. Oh, my God. He will be forgotten. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> yeah. He will be forgotten. That was unbelievable. Um, here, so like today we knows. are indeed self-aware. He has to. Yeah. Right. That's the he, tw- he, he, retw- he tweeted later and put never in all caps. So he has to be aware. Um, all right. So as, as Nick promised, we're going to go 81 through 100. Before we do that, we're going to go ahead right now. And, and take a, a quick message here. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. So Nick and I were talking about this. Nick obviously releasing a, his his revamped top 100 and not this upcoming Monday, uh, but the Monday after, I believe, right? Um, a week from this upcoming yes. Monday, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, about, about 10 okay. days. So there's a lot of people who are probably going to move around, especially as we get closer to the back 100, especially with some of the injuries that we have learned about. We're going to start with a guy who is sadly one of those injured dudes, uh, although there were kind of talks that maybe he was having like a new pitch that he was working out at the end of last year. And at number 81, that is Advert Alzale. So I have three sentences. Is that what we, yeah, we agreed three. on? Yeah, um, three. All right. For the injured ones, yeah. Love his fastball and... <laughs> Slider potential. <laughs> okay. okay. Good. He has a spot when he does return that will make him an interesting streamer. Too yeah, much volatility for me to trust early on, so I'm not interested. Love it. That was that was almost that was almost our version of a haiku. That was beautiful. I know. It's uh, the way I'm doing the cadences really feels like it, right? I felt like I was playing Ghost of Tsushima and just like had to sit down and explore that first. Did you play that? Like, oh, I always, always went with the water, whatever the water you was. You always went like, with the water one? I'm, okay. I'm a calm water boy. All right. I like that. I do like that. Uh, next up at 82, a guy who is not injured, has some interesting sheen to him, got moved over to the uh, Pirates. Uh, and that is Zach Thompson. Definitely going to break camp inside of that rotation. 75 innings last year with a 3.24 ERA, but we're talking about a 21% K rate with a 1.21 whip. What is the interest there for you with Zach Thompson? Did you realize he's six foot seven? He's six foot seven, six foot seven, two thirty. The man's a string bean. Oh my Lord. I, uh, anyway, um, Zach Thompson is one of those pitchers that makes me want to play in more deeper leagues. Mm. Or NL onlys or something. Right, because I see Zach Thompson and I go, oh man, I really actually think this guy is going to be like 
early season JT Brubaker or something like that. If you remember last year, coffee cakes. Yeah. Where Zach Thompson has a really nice cutter and curveball. And I think that nowadays, if you enter Pittsburgh, that organization, as far as pitching development, isn't as bad as it was when we thought of think of like Garrett Cole days or so. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to Tyone and they were and he was really encouraged uh, about what they were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cutter is a really fantastic pitch. 24% hard contact lot over a third thrown on them. Uh, 70% strike rate last year. Um, and he pairs that with a curveball, 15% hard contact with a 34% CSW, 60 plus percent uh, strike rate. Um, it's it's all kind of good. Uh, the four seamer isn't great. That's the only problem there. But like the the curveball cutter combination, when that works, we saw it a couple times last year. It was it was moving, man. I mean, we had a uh, you know he moved to relief eventually, but uh, but he had some starts. So he just uh, yeah, eleven strikeouts against the Nationals. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, and his first couple outings, uh, six strikeouts, seven strikeouts, eleven strikeouts, six Ks uh, for the Marlins. And then they pulled him back a little bit. And they moved from the rotation. And now he's traded to Pittsburgh. And I'm kind of curious, a guy with a stable rotation spot now, the the Pirates are just going to let Zach Thompson pitch as much as they can, you know? Uh, that's kind of cool to me. And maybe, you know, you don't start him against the tough teams and you shouldn't get many wins and all that fun stuff. Fine. But the NL Central is not a tough division, especially with the way the Reds just sold everything. Even yeah. going to Great American Small Park, I'm not terrified, really. It's just Votto, I guess, at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, so there's that. The Cubs aren't really scary. The The Brewers are maybe a little bit. And uh, and then the Cardinals, like, the Cardinals are, yeah, sure. But it's NL Central, guys. You get it. So yeah. Zach Thompson could actually be a sneaky play. And uh, for <laughs> deeper leagues, I am considering, I'm also considering monitoring the schedule early for the Pirates to see if Zach Thompson could be someone to stream. Yeah, he also uh, had a, a, a 22, 21% swing strike rate in his changeup last year. And he really digs right? going. Yeah, and he really digs going righty oh, on yeah. righty. He actually has a, tw- a top 25% righty on righty changeup usage, which hmm. I absolutely love. Um, and he has a 226 Woba on that pitch last year. So I actually would kind of, with a 176 batting average against, by the way, which is, it's, it's, it's a, that was a really, really good pitch for him. And I do wonder if they try to amp up that usage a little bit. So that, that is a really interesting take. He's a kind of fun guy to, to keep your eye on in the opening weeks who, you know, a guy that maybe turns into a Vargas role where he's just able to string together a bunch of good starts. Right. And um, it, it, what's interesting is that cutter and curveball are both good. So, yeah. Uh, keep your eye on Zach Thompson. Yeah. That could be fun. That's a good one. Um, number 83. Uh, again, a guy whose ranking nearly resembles his age, uh, and that is Rich Hill. How are you feeling about Rich Hill? He's only six foot five, so not as interested. Not as good. Uh, but I uh, look, Rich Hill averaged 88 on his fastball last year, monitoring camp to make sure that he's, you know, 87, 88 or so on that. Uh, but he hasn't been bad. That's mm. the crazy part. Rich Hill, like, has not hurt your team if you've started him just whenever he starts through a year. Uh, he has not had an ERA above four the last four years. Has not had a whip above 121. Strikeout rates have been uh, an average of 25% over the last four years. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's pitching for a winning ball club. Um, not the best defense behind him. And it is AL beast. But I feel like Rich Hill isn't going to necessarily destroy your team if you have him. And he's not the worst. Like, oh, man, I need a starter right now. All right, I guess I'll just try some Rich Hill. Like, the Red Sox are just going to... You know, they're not going to limit him to four innings. It's not like he's on the Rays or something anymore. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's five, six innings, Richel. Give us your best. Uh, the only pushback I will give is he is kind of on the raise because they are kind of the raise now. Um, well, yeah, the, is that the how the, is, yeah, that's not how they treated their starters last year. Was it? I mean, Tanner Houck. Yes. Tanner Houck. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's because it was Tanner Houck, but they didn't really do that so much to Pavetta. Did they? They just, just Pavetta's an inefficient pitcher. Evaldi pitched normally. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you, that, that's a good point. I, but I would think a guy like Hill, where they're not trying to save any bullets from him, you know, I they're just gonna let him start. Yeah, 18th most uh, starting pitcher innings last year, so not to, right in the middle of the pack. So yeah, maybe over, 159 maybe. innings from Richo last year. Yeah, that is crazy. I was just looking at that. That that if he gives you 150, that's a benefit to your team. All these projections seem he's gonna immediately fall off a cliff, but he seems like he's gonna be able to throw that curveball when he's 90 years old. Yeah, and he's got um, the shiniest smile ever. Like he's still stuck in a 1950s restaurant uh <laughs> placement. What happened? I was like, what do you call those things? You know, like I, I've seen this. See next like, to newspaper. You, you, go to, <laughs> you go to like a diner or whatever, uh-huh. or like a um and you get like the kids menu, um, like what is it menu? Where did where did Place we lose Matt. this podcast? <laughs> I can't remember the word placemat fast. But they have like you know these these kids like oh look go through the maze. They all have these like rosy red cheeks. They're reflective, and that's Rich Hill. You, it's like, like you, you see dream this? Tim Burton nightmares. That is, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, I remember early on at the beginning of uh, the season last year where one of the dudes getting a lot of rookie of the year buzz was James Caprillion. He started the year off super hot with a 21, uh, excuse me, a 2.95 ERA in the month of uh, May. Really good 3.14 ERA in June. Then second half comes and it really the wheels kind of fall apart a little bit as he has a over five ERA in August and September. You have him here at 84. He's one of our newly injured guys, sadly. He also released a very sad tweet today, which was just the gif of Drake looking at his phone very upset because all of his <laughs> friends are being traded away left and right. You have three sentences on James Caprillion. <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> First 68 <laughs> innings <laughs> to start the year was a 265 ERA, 112. I uh, whip and 26% K rate. Okay. <laughs> fastball slider guy sometimes with curveball and, and change up, but mostly fastball slider akin to Cal Quantrill, Casey Mize, and it kind of works. Run on, but I'll take it. <laughs> you better. <laughs> um, I, I see him as someone you can plug in there when you need to start in a given week. If you know, if you were healthy, not a bad April play, but now he's hurt. So we forget about it. So probably a guy who might be outside of your top 100 when you when you re-rank. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, no reason. It's a shoulder injury. And I think it is long with everybody else. And he's back like three weeks or so. It's just like, yep. Okay. Nope. Yeah. This was this. I mean, really, it was a guy that like you were thinking maybe the first week or two. So, yeah, that's done. We have dudes. <laughs> we have we have dudes, dudes. Uh, <laughs> we have dudes um that we label as you know kind of mr consistency i think one of them is jose barrios i think the other one is lucas giolito right um is 85 marco gonzalez kind of that where it's always going to be a high three low four era with like a 19 20 k rate and a 1.2 whip I'm I'm glad we've all acknowledged that his 310 year and 0.95 whip in 2020 across 11 starts was in fact a Vargas rule. 
Yeah. Um, 23% K rate. And she went back down to an 18.5% rate. I will say Vargas, sorry, Vargas. Oh no. Uh, Marco Gonzalez uh, turned it on in the second half. Uh, from July 9th onward, uh, he was a way different pitcher and actually was very helpful for your fantasy teams. 283 ERA, one whip, but still a 17% strikeout rate across those 92 innings. I see him just like Caprillion of someone that says, I said, hey, look, if he has good matchups in the beginning of the season, I'm fine throwing out Marco Gonzalez. I don't feel like he's going to destroy my teams. Um, there's nothing really to report on with the repertoire, honestly. Uh, the cutter lost uh, swing strike rate last year, dropped in CSW from 23%, which wasn't already any good, to just 16% last year. Um, I will say the sinker gets a lot of called strikes, uh, 23% mark last year, but it allows a lot of hard contact, 31% hard contact last year, way higher than the 24% we saw in the small sample in 2020. And then when it comes to the changeup, uh, 15% swing striker is pretty pedestrian. Uh, it doesn't allow too much hard contact, but I mean, there's just nothing here that's shouting, oh, hey, I'm really good, and I'm the reason why I'm going to be an amazing pitcher for Marco Gonzalez. He's just there he's the, he's your toby if you want to draft a toby go ahead but i don't draft tobies i want you to do me a favor real quick there's a few things uh-huh. we're gonna plug here i i saw your tweet yesterday about it because i look at your twitter account what and no, I, you don't i haven't been able to find it yet on fan graphs but they have a new sorting by weather oh yeah um and two things one there's oh god there's so many different paths i wish my brain sometimes i could just slow it down um <laughs> one path the new schedules came out today and it's going to be a bananas opening couple of weeks there's a lot of weird double headers going on yeah. it's going to be crazy for streaming um two uh, as we mentioned great new weather sorting feature um three what i want you to look up is how marco gonzalez does generally in cold weather because his opening series uh, is against the Twins. I imagine okay. he, it, it's a four-game so, series, and it's in Minnesota. So a couple things. One, that weather tweet I put out while talking to the database team, and I felt really bad, but that was also like we were there, had some question about fan graphs, and I saw, oh, wait, hold on. There's a weather thing. And as they were talking about something else, I put out that tweet, and then Michael Sanfa, at the end of the meeting, sees the time of the tweet and realizes we were in a meeting. <laughs> Mm, yeah um, i i too yeah. was called out on that yeah. many weeks ago oh man um so that was fun and that was a luis castillo tweet second did you read all of my tweets because one of them i put out today was about how bad the oakland athletics offense is and guess who is starting the third game of the season against them it's kyle gibson yeah who i saw the has kyle, fallen yeah, yeah. off of our you know, normal adp outside of top 250 or whatever and hey that's actually I'm going to have to take a streamer every day. He is likely going to be that streamer Um, because he's going to be rostered in fewer than 20% of leagues, I imagine. Uh, So third start against the Athletics, that's great. Now, Marco Gonzalez, oh yeah, I guarantee you he does poorly in cold weather because he had a terrible April. And so that's that's my guess. Well, where do we find it? Because I'm having difficulty finding it. How do Where do you find the... It's in the, the splits. Uh, it's, it's in, in splits, splits leaderboards pitching all right well you're gonna <laughs> this is great we're just gonna uh, i i, mean, I, I found i found a post from a david appleman that was about it um okay i'm gonna have to go check that out but i'm curious to see that leaderboards and then you have i uh, something down here time nope not time filter it's somewhere in here i promise 
I know. Uh, oh, it's not in quick splits. It's not in quick splits. It's in under splits. And then you say use temperature. You can oh, use, use baromic pressure. Use air weather. density. Guys, this so is good. This will be in PL 13. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is so exciting. Oh, oh, I really love And yeah, this. so the first thing I ran was like, all right, zero to 50 temperature. Show me 2021. It was Luis Castillo is the worst ERA. I'm like, yep, that's there it is. That's it. <laughs> that's the eye test. <laughs> That's the eye test. Um, okay, great. We've 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 sidetracked long enough here. The next yeah, we might go a little bit long about. on this podcast. No, we're burning through, baby. Uh, the next person we're going to talk about is a guy who's definitely dealt with his uh, injuries. Wait, wait, I didn't get an answer. What was it with Marco Gonzalez? What do you mean? Oh, you don't know the answer. No, 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 no. I I wanted you to look it up, but as you talk about Alex Cobb at number eighty six, oh. I'll go ahead and look it up. Well, I did my going deep pledge of. Writing an article every day while the lockout persisted after that really depressing start of the year. Uh, and one of them was Alex Cobb. And I mm-hmm. found myself saying, oh, this, you know, he's kind of good. Yeah, maybe the great uh, giant brick wall TM of San Francisco will help him out. And so Brandon Crawford being the fifth best shortstop defined by outs above average. And that will help a ground ball guy like Cobb who had a 56% rate last year. I mean, the the story is just like Dylan Bundy of uh, uh, man, you just sneezed into your shirt and you kindly muted your mic, but it was it was a sight, and I hope you're okay. Who, so, you're who okay. does that? Who I do. Take someone <laughs> and throws him under the bus like that? no, man. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry that you sneezed, you know, and it's really nice of you that you muted too. It was so kind. I'm not throwing you under the bus. Like, oh no, everybody why, sneezes. Why do I That's have nail marks all over my body? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Throw me under the bus. All right. All right. You know, everybody sneezes. That, that was my favorite <laughs> book growing up. Um, but uh, Alex Cobb, essentially, curveballs for strikes um, early in counts. And if you can do that, that will help set up a splitter. That is really good. It's the thing. The question is, how hard is the sinker going to be hit? Um, and that generally can be a problem for Alex Cobb. I, I, I see him in a lot of people's sleeper list, and they want to get him late. Um, really good job last year. 22% hard contact allowed on that sinker is incredibly good. The previous seasons, though, it was a four-seamer that got absolutely crushed. Mm. I mean, we're talking 41% hard contact 2020, 54% hard contact rate in 2019 for that. Maybe the sinker, as is defined by uh, now, um, maybe that is completely different and great. And if you can keep that up, that's wonderful. I don't know if I totally buy that yet. And I think it is a little risky to throw Cobb out there early on, but you could probably do worse. And I don't think the giants will limit um, Alex Cobb in his starts His pitches per game last year were 87 for the angels. And I think that's about right for the giants. So if you need an early stream, not the worst thing, it is a little risky, but uh, you know, it's not bad. Okay. Um, number 87, uh, a guy coming into camp. No, we haven't heard any injury stuff. Definitely going to crack the rotation. Someone we had a little bit loftier expectations for last year, um, but definitely dealt with some injuries, and that's Aaron Savale. Yeah, so I might be raising Savale up a little. Um, I think when I originally made these ranks, Alex Cobb went ahead because there was a little bit more excitement about going to San Francisco and all this stuff. Uh, And Savale, look, I think his cutter and curveball are great. Uh, 25% usage on the cutter. And only 16% on the curveball. That's a 36% CSW and a 65% strike rate. It's not just the CSW one. Like, it actually gets a ton of strikes on it. Low hard contact allowed on it. 187 batting average allowed last year. 
I think that if Savali becomes more of a cutter curveball guy and throws that above 50% between the two of them, that will make the rest of his repertoire better as I just suppress the burp. Um, and, you know, his, his fastball sinker are not really doing the things we want it to do. There is another level, though, that I don't think I'm giving enough credit to with this ranking. Mm. So he'll probably jump up to somewhere in the 70s or maybe like early 80s or something. But uh, someone to consider. The, the, I think the reason why he's this far down is because I wonder if he's just going to be a Toby. You know, mm. this could be a very boring play. You might not know an answer about Aaron Savali until too late into the season. And then yeah. you realize, oh, I could have been getting this other stuff instead. Uh, so keep that in mind with Savali. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, you theoretically could get whip and ERA from him. The K's probably not going to get the wins, especially if they move Jose Ramirez. So that I can see exactly where you're coming from with that. Um, man, this is kind of the uh, the Cleveland Guardians tier, huh? Uh, there's a lot of it's kind of crazy to see so many guys from the Guardians in, yeah. in the back end of the 80s here as number 88. Uh, we have Cal Quantrill really, really. I don't know how he did it, man. That 289. Yeah. I just, I just don't know how he did it. I, I really, <laughs> it was, it was a Vargas rule. It was like a sub two ERA through the end of the year. Like those last, I think, eight starts or so, 10 starts, something like that. It was nuts. It was, it, it was just absolutely <clears throat> crazy. Um, but he's a sinker slider guy. And I don't think either pitch is actually that exceptional. Um, maybe the sinker is, but uh, uh, that that's it. That's all I've got. Like, I, I don't think there's another level for Quantrill. I don't think you're going to see anything close to the three ERA. I think the whip is going to get worse from 118. Um, strikeouts, I don't think you're going to hit 25%. It's just very Toby-esque. And again, like this is the Toby tier on purpose. Uh, if you are looking for someone to actually go five plus innings, in early in the season, this is actually the tier you want to look in uh, because a lot of the other guys that are exciting are be go- going to be gone. And a lot of the other ones in between, they might actually just be limited or not even starting yet or all that kind of stuff. If you need actual consideration uh, in April, these some of these guys could fit the bill and maybe Quantrill does. So looking at Cal Quantrill, as I update this right now, overall, yep, okay. Um, he was the third most, uh, benefited pitcher by infield defense last year in terms of, uh, outs above average. It went Zach, Adam Wainwright, Zach Wheeler, and Cal Quantrill. And when you take it to not just wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wheeler was number two. Yeah. yeah. Zach Wheeler actually got That's very, cool. very helped out by an incredibly poor Phillies defense last year. That's insane. Yeah, second second most benefited last year. Isn't I think I wrote about that in my twelve thousand words uh on Zach Wheeler. Let me see if that's where is Zach Wheeler rank fast. Where's Zach Wheeler rank right now? Going to my rankings. Why is that an accident? Uh Zach Wheeler (laughs) is at uh number seven. I think he was at six before yeah, I think he was at six before, but I dropped him below Bueller because of this shoulder stuff. Well, you gotta listen to the podcast next week because I am not gonna stand for that. You think he should, who should he be above? I have him at four. You have him at four, so above you have him above Degrom and. How dare you not know my rankings? Well, you're going to change him. <laughs> I'm not changing Wheeler. I have, I have, I still have him below Degrom and Scherzer, especially with the inning stuff. And Bueller. 
Yeah, I well the yeah the Bueller yeah definitely. I mean, I can read my TLDR if you want. Nope, we're gonna move on. Any thoughts right. on Cal Quantrill? Uh, no, just what I said about that. Like you really piqued my interest, and this is my problem, right? So what did he do? How is it sustainable or not? And you know, uh, uh, outs above average. I don't think is very sticky year over year, even if it is the same defense because you're relying on batted balls. So yeah, there's a really good chance that ERA does plummet to the fours, but. There was clearly something there last year. Um, after Cal Quantrill, you've got another guy that you're only allowed three sentences on because he was just injured. Number 89, Taiwan Walker. Fastball velocity went up, and that was everything for him. Secondaries are still bad, and I don't expect them to get much better. You're not going to enjoy the full season of Taiwan Walker. You're going to like small bursts, and hopefully you can find them. Okay, very nice. Beautiful. Moving on into the 90s, coming in hot at number 90. A guy gave you 180 innings last year, but with a 4.4 ERA that was not beneficial to you. And that is Herman Marquez. Any inkling that the 3.86 FIP and the 4.07 Sierra might mean he's maybe more of a four ERA pitcher or even lower like he was in 2018? Or that's all out the window. Do you want headaches? Here's your headache. Oh, my God. That's that's I mean, why do you like we don't think enough about the fantasy manager in the future? You know, here we are. We sit at our computers. We sit with glee. We know we draft our pet players. This is what we're getting. We know what we're doing. We got this. We get this. And we we do so and walk away from our computer. Ah, we say as we maybe step out into the sunlight. What a day that was. I stroll maybe doing a, a proper speed walk down <laughs> forgetting about myself in two months as I have Herman Marquez on my team. And I have no idea what to do. I have no idea if I should be dropping him. I don't know if I start him in cores. Do I start him where he has a lower ERA that's in cores, but then he's on the road and I should start him there, but then he does poorly against the diamondbacks. You won't know what to do with Herman Marquez. So unless you want to gamble the entire season of just starting him, I don't touch it. I'm I'm just I'm just so out. And that's how I feel okay. about all the Colorado pitchers. All right. Um and- moving on to 91 as we return to the Guardians, it turns out that a 224 Babip and a 55 innings pitch sample size is not ah. sufficient enough evidence to consider a pitcher an ace. And we're talking of course about Zach Plezak. I remember I felt like a real dingus last year because I was saying that I would take Savali over, please, Zach. That is not a real win because I don't think both were super beneficial. But Zach, please, Zach, 142 and a two thirds with a 4.67 ERA, yeah. even with just a 263 BABIP and a 1.2 whip. Um, are we moving the needle too far on please, Zach? Uh, should we be counting on a little bit more of a bounce back or are we just going to write off 2020 entirely? So I I think it's kind of funny that we spent so much time about Plesak versus Savali, and it just mm. was completely Moot. not worth our time. Yeah. Uh, it is very interesting to me how good his slider and changeup were in previous years and how bad they were <laughs> in 2021. And there's a part of me that likes to think that he can get back to their previous abilities. Um, it is It is pretty shocking to see how far down that they've come. Uh, we're talking about a changeup that had sub 25% hard contact rates in the previous two years. Then all of a sudden, 34% in 2021. And then Plesak slider had a 9% hard contact in 2020. 
Uh, and it actually had decent results as far as batting average goes, 187. But its CSW went from 35 percent 2019 all the way down to 26 percent in 2021. Still had a good O swing, 40 percent. Still had a good zone rate, 41 percent. But it's not the same pitch that he used to be, and I really hope he can get back to that. Meanwhile, his four seamer is actually exactly the same, um, but because of how the changeup and slider were worse, it meant that he had to throw you know more of them, and it was easier for people to hit it. So then he allowed 41 percent hard contact on fastballs. Not good. I do like the fact that he introduced this curveball to throw against lefties to help with. Uh, I remember we talked about the the exclusive splits of changeups and sliders before. Yep. And he introduced this curveball to lefties. It was actually pretty helpful, um, but it just it wasn't enough. Um, 154 batting average allowed is cool, but 57% strike rate means it's just not consistent enough. So the way I see it is that 2021 was Polisak's floor. Like that was that was really bad. <clears throat> I agree. And I was a four, six, seven ERA, and but a one twenty WHIP despite all of it, hmm. because he has a sub, a super low walk rate, a sub six percent. And I wonder, and I, I really will say, if you want to look for like a post hype sleeper kind of guy, please that kind of fits the bill if he can get that change up and slider back. Am I going to say he's going to do it? No, but I'm not going to rule out. Like I will be watching this, and there are a lot of pitchers that we say, oh, we're just giving up on. We don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, yeah, we didn't care about Robbie Ray or something like that. Then he goes off and does wonderful things, you know. Yeah. Uh, we didn't yeah. really care about Adam Wainwright. And what do you know? He just had the most ridiculous season. Yeah. Uh, keep your eye on Zach Plesak early in the season and see how that slider and changeup are working. I don't expect it to work, but this there is another level that he could be reaching. The best news about Plesak is the Guardians are not facing the Blue Jays in the first couple of weeks because Lord knows he's not making that start in Canada. Um. We can move on now to, uh, I mean, I am looking at their early season schedule and they play the Yankees in the second week. And that very well could mean that Yusei Kikuchi is going to be a fantastic stream um, because they might not be at 100% there. Uh, We're going to move on now to the next player, uh, number 92, a guy that, I mean, it's funny that we really are just kind of honing in on. on It's the Toby Theory. But like I'm, you're just letting me know that the Mariners and the Guardians are purely full of Tobies. I mean, they uh, were. Yeah, 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 they were. I mean, maybe the ratio. I, I mean, you got ERA last year from Chris Flexen, who's at number 92 with a 3.61 ERA. The 1.25 whip isn't the worst in the world, but it's certainly not great. And the 17% K rate, uh, also not great. But here we are at number 92, thinking maybe there's still a little bit of promise here for Chris Flexen. I mean, no, but. He's a Toby, and if you really badly need it in the opening week or two, all right, fine. But because, like, at this point, it's just about finding volume that isn't necessarily the most detrimental thing ever. That, right? Like, and when you're in April and you're like, oh no, I need a start this week, like, who are the ones that we haven't, you know, there's the crop of guys who we haven't seen develop yet and we're curious about, but we haven't, you know, we don't know yet. So it's very volatile. Then there's a group of guys who are just we know aren't going to do great things, but all right, we know that at least they have this floor of something of going five plus innings, and we're trying to find the best ones of those. Chris Flexen just said a 361 ERA. He's like the Derek Rodriguez of this year, you know, like mm-hmm. the one that had like a good ERA, and then we just don't care the next year. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty much Chris Flexen. Uh, uh, Derek Rodriguez. I mean, it's like him and Cal Quantrill are both that right now. 
Um, I was actually wondering, like, I, I was really curious who's going to get drafted more. And I kind of figured it'd be Cal Quantrill just because of the youth. And um, I think that's right. But Chris Flexen was like a huge deal in the middle of last year, if you remember. Um, anyway, I don't, I'm not going to draft him. There's no real interest Flexen. for me, but Hey, if, if they're playing the A's, which I don't think they are early on, but I think later on in April, they might be Chris Flexen could absolutely be a stream there. I think Flexen probably go more than Quantrill because of the Mariners being in the news a little bit more. Another chance at a win there. Um, oh, 93 uh, is Tony Gonsolin. I mean, okay, let me let me start with this. You're guaranteed 160 from Tony Gonsolin. Where does he? Um, I'll say this. Flexen is going 100 picks after Cal Quantrill and NFBC right now, just so we're clear. Right now, I, how long? What's the yeah. time frame there? Oh, I don't know from the beginning of it, but. You oh, think they, they went 50 50? No, but you, like it's 260 versus like 380. I don't think yeah. that's that different if I change the time frame. I had a small amount of time to do it. Okay. Anyway, right, um, I just realized that Tony Gonsolin looks a lot like Alex Bregman if you shave him. Oh, man. If uh, you shave him is not a sentence. I thought <laughs> if he doesn't have his beard. Um, anyway, I, Tony Gonsolin, if he gets a ton of innings, I would be more intrigued, but he has to get a slider back. That was the major problem for him is that he, Tony Gonsolin needs that excellent slider. It's what propelled his previous seasons. He did not have it nearly in the same way. It was a 38% CSW in 2020, 29.7% this past year. Uh, strike rate fell down so hard. It was a 71% in 2020. Gonsolin's slider strike rate went down to 52%. That is so bad. It, it's really, really bad to have it that low. Very inconsistent pitch for him. Uh, the splitter also fell in strike rate to sub 60% levels and the fastball just got, you know, not necessarily hit harder, but just worse results. 298 average versus the 291. So the way I see it is that the splitter and slider need to be more consistent. Um, I hope we can get that, but honestly, he can go out there and throw four innings early on or so. And yeah. we're now entering the next tier, which is more, Okay, fine. Let's try and chase for more things now that we've gone past all those annoying Tobies. So right. Gonsolin, I grasp if he has that spot out of the gate that he can get there again, but I don't want to chase it. The next guy in that tier really you know just kind of boils down to one word, and that's slider. Uh, Dylan Bundy, 94 in Minnesota. Nice park for him. Maybe they can make some tweaks and just have him continue in that slider usage, but another guy where the 2020, man, Lord knows I had a blast. And then the 2021 hit me like a cold snowball in the face. 94, Dylan. Yeah, yeah he either makes a lot of noise or none at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they call him the decibel. That is DB. Okay. I, uh, Dylan Bundy, look, I think we actually are underrating him a little bit because he did well-ish for the first month or so. And then all of a sudden he hit this wall in the middle of May or late May. I was still saying like, guys, this is fine. Um, I believe ahead of I had a piece on the site being like, yeah, Dylan Buddy's gonna be fine. And I agreed with it. And it wasn't. And then he got hurt. And that was kind of his season. Yeah. Now he goes off to Minnesota. He threw his slider only 20% last year. I imagine the twins are gonna say, No, your slider is elite, and we want that pitch to be thrown 35% of the time. Do you realize yeah. it was a 39% CSW last year with a 67% strike rate? That's crazy good. That is it's yeah, still that good. good. Uh, the curveballs uh, were still a high called strike rate, 31% usage. I uh, Sorry, uh, called strike rate at 40% usage. That could continue. That's fine with me. Um, the problem is that the fastball and the sinker just got hit a little too hard. 
And I think that, I don't know, I think it's here. I think it's still around for uh, Dylan Bundy to be okay. I consider that. That's all I want to say. I'm going to be curious what his slider usage is the first couple starts. There's a lot of things that immediately stick out that are outliers, right? I mean, this is the only point in his career where he had a swinging strike rate below 10%. You know what I mean? He's he's never, I mean, you can see some seasons where he's had like a 21, 22% K rate, but I think that increased slider usage really does amp that up. So I think there is plenty to kind of take a look at and say, well, yeah, maybe he, uh, oh boy, looking at the early season schedule. Uh, well, put it this way. You're not going to have to uh, worry He's about drafting Dylan Bundy. Uh, it's the Mariners, and then it's the Dodgers, and then it's the Red Sox. No way. Um, That's so funny. then maybe you get him against the Royals. If you don't, then it's against the White Sox. So sit back, leave him out there, <laughs> and uh, you can. You know, guys, the Guardians, the Tigers will show up eventually, and, you yeah. know. It's I uh, just monitor the slider usage. They're going to allow Bundy to start in Minnesota. That's the good yeah. news. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, as we move on now to number 95, a guy with a lot of fun. This is just a fun dude. Number 95, Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> going to get the chance to start in L.A. And you have him at number 95. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be likely raising him up as a um, as a guy that I would want to draft and just see what happens. <clears throat> Um, because the angels actually have come out and said that yes we have five starters definitively and then we want to have a sixth mm-hmm. um, that's going to be the redetmers or jaime Berea now because griffin canning once again is on the il i uh, so yeah i just wanted to just get a full season um but anyway lorenzen's in there he's like yes you are a starter we haven't seen him though we haven't really seen him do that thing any time in his career really uh, so I, I'm curious what we'll get, but last time we really saw him was mid to upper nineties with two swing striker pitches that should get you excited, uh, in his cutter. And I believe his changeup could be a slider in his changeup. I uh, maybe that cut now. Yeah. It's a cutter. No changeup and slider cutter is way he throws for strikes, which I don't really love as much. I think he throws too many of them, but yes. What's up fast. You're waving. Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers have finalized a multi-year ah. contract. Oh, there you According go. According to All John right. Morosi, it broke a minute ago. You know, when I think when I think of a team that needs more help, it's it's the Dodgers, you know? Yeah, seriously. Oh man. I just can't even believe that. That's un- I'm I'm very happy to be in LA. I'll tell you that much. It's Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. So like and all the like, all guys that they've like acquired like the last three years and Cody Bellinger and Will Smith and Justin Turner and oh man okay <laughs> I, I I I have to I have to give a call out to Yancey because I have to do his favorite tweet and just list their their lineup I know he absolutely cracks up when when he sees that but like. <laughs> look at it like you said bets turner turner the turner turner turn trade adjustment uh it's the turner turner turn Uh, yeah muncie smith um so i guess muncie what probably goes to permanent oh yeah there's also max muncie yeah uh i wonder what that does for him they also signed hanser alberto don't sleep on my boy um (laughs) i will i'm going to there's a reason why his initials are ha very good. Uh, oh sorry, Hanser. I didn't mean that. Yeah, that's all right. So you're waving away. Anyway, Michael Lorenzen, someone to consider in drafts. Just 
taking the last pick of the round. Uh, you know, last round pick. Just if it's bad, get rid of it. But he could be actually a, an exciting starter for the Angels. Good. And we hope he is because he's another guy yeah. that's just kind of like a fun for baseball. That dude's also just like yoked. Um, one he of the really funniest is. things I've ever seen, though, is he released a video on YouTube and like someone who I think his agent sent him a poster that was like a quote of something. And he was like, look how beautiful this is. This is really amazing. And the quote was spelled wrong. And oh, no, he, he didn't realize at the time. He like probably wasn't paying attention to it, but it really made me laugh. Um, all right. Moving on after Michael Lorenzen, uh, we have another injury guy. So we only have three sentences on him. Ninety six, six toe Sanchez. Not injured. He's not, not injured. I no, he's going to, he's in the, he's in the street. Jamison Tyone is, is in the opening rotation. Wait, no, Sixto Sanchez. Oh, I skipped over Sixto. I got three yeah, sentences. Yeah, yeah. This is my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely saying, forgot about Sixto. Absolutely yeah. injured. I, uh, he won't be here. Anyway. All right. Three sentences. Stuff is yeah. elite. It could just be, he won't be here. <laughs> he won't be here. He won't be uh. here. He won't be here. Uh, stuff is elite. 97, uh, Jameson Tyone. My, another guy that maybe, is he too far down? Are we are we being a little too hard? Well, this is what I was going to say about Tyone. Yeah. By the way, 6-0, not the worst IL stash, I should say. Um, but if you want to, but honestly, it's going to be like midseason. So not really worth it. And you don't even know what you get when he returns. Okay, Jameson Tyone. Uh, I'm kind of more interested. It's just... Uh, I don't know if the slider or curveball are really going to take the next step that it needs to. The four seamer, honestly, is really nice. I I think it's a really excellent pitch. 16% swing strike rate. He elevated it a ton, and we saw that all last year. But the question was, is he going to have a slider change of curveball, something to you know to reinforce it? And none of them really got there. Uh, way too hittable pitches. Nothing with the, the sharp break that we need them to be. Um, we had days. There was a day I remember the curveball living at the bottom. He was really excited about it, uh, but it sadly never stuck. And there just isn't enough to go along with the four seamer at the moment. But hey, who knows? Maybe something uh, that he was working on gets fixed. It's something to monitor. He will be in the rotation out of the gate, which is interesting to me. Um, and the fact that even with all the struggles and 144 innings, it was still 100. Oh, sorry, 121 whip. Yes, 121 whip. Uh, for Jameson Tyone last year. So there's something to like about that if you can get better in any way um, with a 23% strikeout rate. I'm curious to see what he'll be throwing out of the gate. Another fun guy to keep an eye on. I mean, we also just, you know, to full disclosure, the guy that Nick and I were able to talk to and Nick was able to get to know a little bit too. And just, you want to see those nice guys succeed. And Jameson Tyone yeah, uh, is, is a nice dude. He also would play Fortnite with our buddy Kyle all of the time. Oh yeah, he did that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Kyle Horton. Uh, miss Kyle. Um, 98, a guy who had a good amount of success, uh, who is now Zach Granke's teammate. Uh, love Zach Granke returning That's to his roots. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it just 85 and two-thirds innings, but with a 21% K rate, 3.68 ERA, definitely flashed some stuff. I think you were, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, a little bit into him last year in Carlos Hernandez. A little bit. Um, I wrote about Carlos Hernandez as well uh, for all the going deep stuff. Uh, very quickly, I don't know how much we can really bank on him improving. Uh, he just has to work on his command. It's I don't know if that's going to get there. The slider and curveball, I don't think are elite pitches waiting <clears throat> to be unleashed, sadly. Um, he does throw really hard, though. 97, essentially, on fastballs, uh, both four-seamer and sinker. But they get hit harder than you want them to and mm -hmm. i think there's something that needs to get tweaked in a major way 
for the breaking stuff. I don't know how much faith I have in Kansas City's development to really get that from him. So there is intrigue if, you know, those nights happen where he has command of all fastballs and curveball sliders all working like this can really explode. But I think it's going to be way too volatile. Um, and I, yeah, I just don't really buy it. Yeah, I, I just I mean, I just never trust the uh, the Royals with the pitching development, which stinks because they do have a lot of really fun, exciting young arms in that system. And I don't know. We haven't really been able to see any of them pan out. Number ninety nine, the guy that I said would be a fun stream against the Yankee-less Yankee Yankees in <laughs> the uh, probable first week of the season. And that's Yusei Kikuchi. Obviously, we talked a little bit about it last week. Really, really good four seamer um, slider shown some brilliance, but you don't seem to bought in on Yusei Kikuchi being able to take a next step here. Well, I mean, it's the anti-Robbie Ray in the sense of where he's pitching. Uh, and mm. So it gets worse going off to Toronto, I think. I Kikuchi kind of pitches backwards with cutters and sliders and then to hopefully set up a four-seamer that had a 12 to 30% swing strike rate last year. There are some days when that velocity is above 96 even, and on those days, things are great. Uh, when it's close to 94 or 95, it's not as good for Kikuchi. And the cutter, it just... There's some days it looks great, but honestly, I mean, 38% hard contact rating, good for a pitch you throw 35% of the time. And then the slider has potential. You know, it gets a lot of strikes with it, but it just doesn't do enough. And there's nothing Mm. quite here that speaks consistency with Kikuchi. Maybe Toronto unlocks something, but it's not. uh, I'm just I'm just worried here that uh, he's just going to get hit too hard too often. It makes sense. I mean, it's like we I, we kind of encapsulated it a couple of days ago. You take a guy with a home run issue and put him inside of Toronto, inside of the AL East. Yeah, it's, it's not like, great. It's not great, man. That's scary. It's just scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think maybe he's just a guy who's a better <clears throat> regular pitcher than like a fantasy kind of pitcher. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there were days I remember him like throwing four seamers up and in with consistency and then actually doing like the Blake Snell blueprint. Sure. And those are great, but they're few and far between. They are. Uh, would you like me to give you a moment <laughs> to lament? Pick number one hundred. Who like? I mean, this is funny. Off. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Tyler Beatty. I mean, I put him at one hundred just because of the tweet um, that I put out, and I felt like it would be kind of funny to have him at one hundred um, mm-hmm. in the first place. But I, I mean, now that Rodon is in San Francisco, any intrigue we had, and keep in mind. There was intrigue of being like, oh, Tyler Beatty has the fifth spot and has a good spring. Like, this could be a guy that really surprises us. Bless you. Thank you for not muting this time because it will let the people know it's real. You know, let them know oh, that I it's muted? real. I didn't mute. No, you know, you see that oh, whole thing. Dang it. I thought I did the dang, dang it. No, it was good. It, it added flair. We, we always need more flair. Sorry. No, no, I'm not actually upset. This is okay. So Tyler Beatty uh, now is outside that rotation. There's no chance of it doing it. Um, and who knows now also with like Junis and Martinez that maybe even Beatty isn't even like the sixth or something. Maybe Sammy Long is ahead of him too. I don't know. The whole thing is just like, why would you touch Tyler Beatty now? You shouldn't. Uh, and just monitor him through the year. And when Beatty does get his opportunities, you certainly will hear from me in the SP Roundup. Um, but, uh, but yeah, any sort of outside hope we had is gone now. It's a shame. Womp, womp. It's a shame. Um, yeah. Nick, 
We've got many Fast. podcasts left for those curious. We got a uh, hundred plus next Monday. Then we have yeah. my top. We're not going to go through all hundred. I'm just going to pick out some guys. Yeah. We're going to pick out some guys. Uh, we're yeah. going to go my top 100 next Wednesday. Then we might have a little surprise for everyone that Nick and I are very excited yes. about the following. Oh, week. man. I'm so I excited say it yet. That. I don't want to say it yet, but it's going to be an amazing podcast that I'm very yeah, excited I can't for. Wait it's not for with a pitcher. No. But anyway. Um, but, Nick, that is going to do it for episode number 313 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.